Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm the hit 2019 film Dark Phoenix, headed straight to a graveyard. I mean Hulu. Near you. I'm your Alex. And this week, we are talking about uh, From Russia with Love. No, we're talking about From Russia with Hate, because that's all Tyler has for this movie. Correct. This is my worst film of 2018. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's wrong with that sentence. <laughs> yeah, Anyways. yeah, you're right. The worst part is the film part. Oh my god. Oh my so god. we're, we're talking fine. about this second official James Bond movie from Russia with Love from 1963. Once again, directed by Terrence Young, it has a 96% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and an 83% audience score. Not to be confused with the, the second unofficial James Bond movie, Rocky. <laughs> Alright, everything Tyler's going to be saying this episode <laughs> is wrong, so... It's been a weird day. We, 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 weird we've day. had an excellent setup for Tyler's wrong opinion. Tyler, what is your best thing <laughs> and your worst thing about From Russia with Love? Uh, my worst and, thing about and, it is that and it compar- sucks. And, <laughs> and compare it to Dr. No. Yeah. Um, no, my best thing about this is uh, Robert Shaw as as Grant. Um, yes. Right, out, right off the bat. Uh, One of the I, best Bond villains ever. Yeah, he he's he's compelling. He's interesting. He's got the the he's got that sixties uh, ripped going thing going on where where he like he's very he's muscular, 60s but he's fit, but he's not like cut or anything. He's yeah. just sort of like I have a dad bod, but also I'm very fit. Yeah, and, so, uh, and also I'll strangle you. He yeah, and so so he certainly he certainly looks the part. Um, he's. I, I I think he's he's intimidating. Um, I I love kind of all the opening stuff with him in in actually Russia, where he's um, taking down oh. a fake Bond. Well, we don't actually know where that location is. It's, it's Spectre it's probably Island. Probably Russia. Spectre I'm, Island. I'm saying sir. Russia. Um, Which I we, wish. Can I just? I, I really like Spectre Island as an idea, and I wish it were brought back. It's never mentioned again, and they should have used it in Spectre. I don't care about their dumb crater in the desert base that's like got a 50s aesthetic. It's it's not Javier Bardem's place where he's hiding out in Oh, his, his, uh, his island where yeah. he sent everyone away. Yeah, yeah that's Spectre Island. That's kind, of a, that's kind of lame. It's all connected. That's not the Spectre Island uh, I want. <laughs> so anyway, he's good. Um, he's fantastic. I, I, yeah, I really, really like him. Uh, I think... He, I mean, the entire time where he is, he's pretending to be a, a British agent is is excellent. Yeah. Um, and then of course the final kind of confrontation he has with Bond is very good, where where they actually like, basically he reveals that he's he's been kind of tailing him the whole time and and sort of manipulating his his journey here, uh, keeping tabs on him. And they come up with um, a decent reason for why he wants to spell out the whole plot to Bond. Yeah. Where he's like, I want you to realize how dumb you were and not figuring any of this out. Yeah, yeah, because he, he's like I, you know, I'm I'm totally happy with with villain mo- monologuing for a second because I want to see the look on your face when you realize, oh, I you've you've I've been yeah. completely outsmarted, um, and and I think all that is very good. Um, that I don't think they use him nearly enough. Uh, he gets, I mean, maybe like 
I mean, obviously he's kind of popping in and out throughout the movie, but as far as like him being the focus of a scene, it's maybe like 15, 20 minutes. It's not, it's not a ton. Um, and I, and I, I thought, I thought that was a shame because I, I like, especially when he shows up and he's, he's, uh, portraying or imitating the, the British agent. Yeah. I thought that was really good. I thought that was really cool. Um, obviously he is, he's a good actor. Uh, also known for for his Jaws fame, um, correct. Which apparently I did not know this, but he passed away pretty soon after Jaws. Um, it's my understanding, like seventy eight. Uh, which is which oh, is a shame. We have our facts about random actors connected to this movie passing away. <laughs> correct. No, no, no. I I have one as well. We'll get to oh, that. Okay, I see. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Overall, think he, think he's great. Think he's an interesting character, and I I liked him quite a bit. Um, just all right now. Now moving on, my best thing before <laughs> Tyler can get to his worst thing because I don't want Tyler to talk. Sure, sure. No, no. Um, I'll let you say your piece. I mean, my my worst thing is anywho. Just I found the movie fairly meandering. Um, I I think that this is something that I brought up when we were talking about the original, uh, not the original, the. The original Bond movies we did for this podcast, the the Daniel Craig ones, uh, yeah. I should say, the modern ones, um, specifically with like like especially with Quantum of Solace, a little bit with uh, Casino Royale, um, there was a lot of ah spies going to place to do the thing because they were told to go to the place and do the thing in the last place, and it's it's sort of stringing along these these kind of almost disconnected scenes. Um, and I, I think I, I'm realizing that for me, kind of what what I'm looking for in a spy movie, especially after doing like the Mission Impossible movies, is I like the the plot to be fairly overarching and connected. I like there to be like kind of a, a really nice driving momentum and force, and I like things to be fairly intricate in terms of what's going on. Um, and there's some of that I I do, I do like some of the ways that Spectre interacts with with the the plot, or like kind of kind of manipulates both Bond and Russian girl whose name I cannot remember. <laughs> Um, Tatiana Romanova. Yeah. You her. hack. Now, once Black again, Widow. Uh, <laughs> Spectre is not involved in the book at all. Mm-hmm. Although, Which I think is a smart in, move, too. Instead of it being a Lecter decoding machine, it's a Spectre decoding machine. For ah. some reason in the series, there are several occasions where Spectre just pops up as a word Ian Fleming <laughs> likes to use. I see. I don't know. That's interesting. Um,. But yeah, like I, I generally like the the idea of the intrigue where it's like, okay, Spectre set up this trap for the British, and they're trying to get revenge on Bond. Um, they're trying to play the Russians kind of against the British. And, they're playing multiple birds with one stone. Yeah, yeah, all of that, all of that I like. But the the detail, like when it comes down to it, I I don't think a lot of that comes through in the, the actual plot. I think there's there tends to be a lot of they they sort of just go to a new place. Um, we had kind of talked about this beforehand about the fact that there is the the uh, helicopter chase followed by the boat chase uh that that i think is really where where for me some of the oh once grant dies the movie should end in in (laughs) like in like five minutes the movie should end after that um basically i i you know they they go to the um or he goes to the host hotel in uh is it istanbul that he's in yes yeah um and he um turkey wherever uh somewhere in there 
And no, it's a so, symbol. Yeah, yeah. He goes there, um, and and I I mean for the most part I think the beginning of the movie keeps my interest fairly well. But then they they go to the gypsy camp, and there's a lot of stuff that is like not really. I love the I think, gypsy camp. I love it. <laughs> it's a little strange. It's a little strange. I didn't really understand why some of the be- the bits were in the movie. I do have um, an explanation for some of this stuff. Look, I don't know if it's probably not good enough for you, sure. but I do have an explanation. F minus. Um, F minus. <laughs> and I'll like give it an A plus just to correct. be that way. Uh, it, it you know I feel like that's kind of there, there's some stuff there like the the dance the belly dancer and like the the two women who are having the feud and like Bond sleeps with both of them question mark what happened to the 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 chief son or whoever was yeah. supposed to get one and of them like wait, wait what what's this decision he's making what's I'd like what's to imagine happening? the what's... chief the chief son just got murdered in the gunfight beforehand and they're just like yeah whatever. Who I needs them? Both of them, you know. Um, <laughs> the guy, the guy, the Bond saves what, the the overweight guy. He walks over to him and says, "You are my son now." <laughs> he does say that, doesn't uh, he? Does he? Yes, he does. I can't remember. Okay, he says something. And, and like then that. James Bond's just like, "All right, I'll just stay in this gypsy camp forever." <laughs> and then the movie ends. <laughs> Bond just becomes a wandering um, gypsy in Turkey with and, these people. And kind I'm of okay going with off that. that. Going off that point, the the is it the the Russians that attack the gypsy camp? Um. Yes, it's a, well. I, it's it's uh, the it's Bulgarians the one who are guy. working for the Russians. Right, right. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Krilinku um, and his men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Krilinku and they, there's the neat little bit with the 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 shortcut with the or not the shortcut, I guess, but the the secret uh, entryway with the mouth and the the poster yes. or the billboard Which, that they they snipe the guy out out of. I believe that sign is originally in the book, like a Marilyn Monroe poster type mm-hmm. thing, but the 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 actual movie poster that they use is. A movie, it's either made by the producers or it's from one of the the production gotcha. companies behind it. It's sort yeah. of like a sly reference. Sure. Um, I know. Makes I know sense. random Bond facts. Um, I'm a little fuzzy on like what happens from that point to the next. Like, what's what's the next part of the plot after that? Um. Then he Bond runs into Tatiana. Because she shows up and at his somehow apartment. They, yeah, then they, 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 then they the plan, lector. and then they grab the lector. And then what happens after that? Then they go to the train. And they go to the train, and they're on the train for a while. Yeah, because then Grant finds them. And we kill uh, Karen Bay. Uh, Who is sort of my, like, my favorite character in this movie. They just sort of like kill him, just like Quarrel. They're just like, eh. And once again, that that is it, fairly accurate to the book. He, he it's a very like okay we've we've set up our our three main protagonists quote unquote i mean obviously the protagonist is bond but we've set up the three guys that or three people that we're following and one's right. bond and one's the bond girl so we can't kill her off she's she's going to stay around at the end unless we're going to make an emotional bit out of it and we can only do that once cuz like uh we can only ever have him actually care about one girl um so we're going to we're going to put that him happens in that. twice does it happen twice in in the near future, or is that uh... no, 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 no? Just once. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Unless we want to say Casino Royale did happen in this continuity. I was going to just... say because we've we've done that in two different movies, but only once per Bond continuity can he actually care about a girl. So, oh that's... God, if they kill off Leia <laughs> Say Do in the first five minutes of Bond Twenty Five, <laughs> I want Bond Twenty Five to end up being identical to Deadpool Two. I uh, that I think that would be that would be my 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 end goal there. I like to imagine instead of I cable, would give it it's an like F-. Pierce Brosnan. 
Yes. Exactly. I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, they... Um, they they have Bond and they have the Bond girl and it's like all right there we can't we can't touch them we've set up this other person so, somewhere someone at some point has got to die so that we can up the stakes a little bit uh, so that the villain can kill somebody off and it'll be like a big deal uh, but we've set up these two people and then we have the endearing minority character uh, <laughs> well <laughs> and then they just kind of murder at least this time Karen Bay hit the Bond talks to his son and he's like I'm so sorry and. You know, there, there's a bit of a conversation now, as opposed to Coral just dying and horribly. Also, Karen Bay is just more useful in terms of the plot. Like, yes, yes, very much. Coral so. could have been easily written out, and they could yes. have just used uh, Felix, Felix Leiter for that. <laughs> exactly. that stuff. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what your problem is with Karen Bay <laughs> getting killed. <laughs> like, I had just, no problem with that. Like, just because, well, it, it more. I mean, not so much. Knowing the context of the time, it, it like I, I get it, but like it, it, it's I think part of a larger point of like with with the '60s and like ah we'll 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 include our minority characters in these movies, uh, but we're we're definitely not going to to give them more of a spotlight. Um, oh, I'm sorry, the movie's they're... not called Karen Bay. <laughs> Well, I'm not saying that it has to. But no, no, I, I, I see. What, I see what you're saying. You look at the saying. same. You know, we looked at at Mission okay. Impossible and that sort of thing, where we've you got gotta, these teen dynamics. You got to remember, and this is why we use our phrase: "The '60s were a different time." <laughs> Correct. Ian Fleming is not the most <laughs> supportive person when it comes to other races sure, in his sure, novels. Sure. So, Very I think the, the the producers were actually. Trying, trying to be more to... progressive with yeah. with their treatment of other races in in the movies, um, yeah. I would say the one thing they they still don't quite push forward enough is just the the, the rampant sexism in these movies. Sure, um, but in terms of like trying to go for a more global market, like realizing oh hey international mm-hmm. like markets are going to be interested in this, I think they do a fairly good job. at trying to push that forward from yeah. where it was in the books. <laughs> trying to make it not offensive. You should read the Live and Let Die book. It's... Oh my gosh. It's a doozy. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's my thoughts. I, I just... I, I, I thought that the pacing was a little strange and I, I I had some issues kind of sticking with it. And I should I should point out, and, and this is probably not the first time we're going to talk about this on the spot, this, this episode, um, because I think there are comparisons to be made. Um the you know the first thing that that some of you all all two of you who have listened to our last like three podcasts uh might notice is the the fact that i had no problem with that in the good the bad and the ugly um and that was what i was kind of saying with the 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 overall spy approach is that i'm realizing that i'm not a big fan of spy movies that take their their time and sort of like slowing down the pace or anything like that because i'm i'm kind of I guess I'm I'm always sort of expecting the spy to be on the move and, and doing more things a lot like Doctor No did. I th- I think Doctor No um had a a pretty a pretty great mo- mo- momentum to it basically in terms of Bond was constantly trying to kind of explore and, and figure out what's next and he he found time to sleep with the ladies and that's fine. Um, but he, you he know, did raise the stakes with the number of women he slept with in this movie. Correct. So so what um, did we say? He sleeps with three women in in Doctor No and I think it's up to four like in this one. So. Yes. One, however, is the same as one of the other women in Doctor No. Correct? Yes, right. Sylvia Trench. Yes, yeah. Once again, don't read too much in that name. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's a thing. 
But um, basically, that's that's my overall point is that with this one, it it felt to me like, and and maybe I just need to to stop putting my expectations on spy movies, but especially after we've watched Mission Impossible and even after we've watched you know the more recent Daniel Craig movies, I and and Doctor No as well, I felt like this movie could have had a better sense of like what are we building towards and where are we going um kind of felt like bond was was sort of just just traveling along a little bit <laughs> to try and, and eventually get the lector back to the british um and that has more to do with the the pacing than like the actual actions of the character um but in the terms of the way the scenes are presented and everything i just was not really I feeling think- I think the, the actions of the character kind of justify that in places. <laughs> no, because that's what cause, I'm saying. Because he, he shows up and, and they're like, "Yeah, we think it's a trap. We think we think uh, Tatiana's, you know, she's yeah. she's full of BS. So you may as well just stay here and chill for a little while." Yeah, no, no, no that's that's true. But that's what I'm saying is that it's it, the actions of the character allow the movie to be like this. I'm not I'm not saying like I'm saying that even though the actions of the character may like actually tie into that that doesn't change the fact that i didn't i honestly found the movie boring at parts because i was just could not really get into it because i found it fairly slow um and i was kind of expecting a more spy plot i wanted i wanted i mean i really think that a lot of my issues would be solved if there was more grant red grant um i i think that that's a lot of what it comes down to is the fact that there's a lot of screen time given to things that are a little more, you know, outside of the realm of the Spectre, Russia, British intrigue um, that maybe could have been given to him interacting more or, or you know, being... I don't know what you, what you would change about the movie to make this work, but basically I just feel like he needs to be in more of the movie. Um, establish... I mean, you couldn't really have Bond see him before the point where he's revealed as the British agent and all that. Sure, um, you could. You just have him replace Tatiana with a terrible correct. wig. Correct. There you go. Bond walks into his apartment <laughs> and and Grant's just naked in the bed with a wig. <laughs> Bond never notices a thing. He just Bond's just he goes with the flow, man. <laughs> yep, he knows what's up. Um, my best thing I think is going to be the whole cast. Um, I really love everyone in the movie. Uh, okay. Even down to like uh, Colonel, Cle- I can speak words. Colonel Kleb. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just a bunch of the side characters. I find them very memorable, and I'm like, I, I kind of wish they would just come back in other movies. Well, that was some- yeah, that was something that the I I thought the movie started really strongly with was um showing number i forget what the russian guy inspector what his number was was he number three uh, he's number two i think club is number so he's three. number two and club's number three yeah um they both show up and i, I forget the russian guy's name um it was a k yeah it's escaping me as well i will look it up the guy the guy who was playing chess at the beginning um because they uh, did a good job of like kronstein and I think to a larger point, they, they did a good job of not focusing on Bond to begin with, because it's like, all right, we got this other movie. This is pretty good, a pretty good set setting the stage. Let's let's put Bond to the side for the moment and let's let's explore some of this world that we're trying to build. And I believe uh, so. the first third of the book is not about him at all. Mm-hmm. It's all about Tatiana and the Russians. Hmm. 
So interesting. Um, no, I'm just gonna say, like, obviously, we start off with the the kind of iconic scene of Grant tracking down uh, an agent with Bond's face on him. He's got a Bond mask on. Yeah, um, I don't know how I feel about that scene. <laughs> I like it strange. in theory. I like it in theory. Right. Right. Uh, I I do like the fact the makeup that they put on Connery so that it looks like you can you can kind of see it's like paler and it's it's yeah. not really it, it almost looks unnatural. They make an um, attempt to try and make it look slightly off. Yeah, yeah, and so there's there's that, and then uh, we see the number. Did we, what did you say the guy's name was? Sorry, Kronstein. Kronstein. Yeah, uh, we see him in in a chess match. And he, he knocks out his chess opponent and in the middle, like right after he gets a message from Spectre saying that he's got to like come a, back. He's like, "All right, I'll I'll axe him and I'll move on." It's like okay, it's like he's a got... parallel or something. Yeah. And yeah, then they no, immediately exactly. no no and then they immediately cut to uh, Blofeld not Blofeld Blofeld <laughs> discussing right. the 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 fighting fish mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's like occasionally you'll get a smart one that sits there in the corner while the other two duke it out and kill yep, themselves yep. and it's like parallels pretty good pretty good it's like, it's like they thought about it when they wrote the story yeah it was nice um and so yeah I, th- I think they do a good job of, of exercising Kleb and, and Kronstein and also using chess as a metaphor long before uh, any of the X-Men movies or the second Sherlock Holmes movie I was about movie. to say yeah yeah, <laughs> very good very good um, yeah good, good, good cast going on there yeah especially the cat especially the cat cat's pretty good <laughs> um we need to get into Spectre and just how they're they continue to be able to be like, yeah, Spectre's here in the corner. We'll build them up in future movies, but it doesn't mm-hmm. feel overbearing. And it's like we're yeah. building a cinematic universe. No, I think know? they're doing they're, they're they're being smart with that. Yeah. Um, so um, far, I've seen two movies. <laughs> right. Um, well, eventually, it just yeah, it falls <laughs> apart quite a bit. But that's good. good. I'm very Moving excited. Um, yeah, I really love the cast. Connery continues to be good as Bond. Um, I I feel like we, and again this this goes back to the fact that we were just talking about that there's there's less, um, time spent on him to begin with. Yeah. Uh, I didn't find myself quite as like invested in his character for whatever that's that's worth this time around. Um, I I don't think he got as many memorable moments. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of of like, we, we didn't get the moment where he says, "Oh, that's a Smith and Wesson, and you've had your six, and then he shoots the guy and kills him. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't we, did, we didn't get a moment like that in this. Yeah, and like generally he's messing up most of the time until he 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 finally outwits um, Grant by by having him open the suitcase. Like yeah. like he's he's pretty much constantly kind of getting turned around. Um, he he tries to call. To check and see if the uh, the the hotel is listening in, basically to his room. So he's like, "Oh, I want a I want a different suite." And so he gets redirected to the bridal suite where they have like him monitored and they film a porno of of Bond and Tatiana. Um. <laughs> well, I do have to ask: like, are, are the hotel workers working for Spectre then? That that seems to be the case. Well, that's and there's a, there's a nice bit where he's like he's listening in. He he asks. And then he yeah. he holds on after she hangs up after the hotel like concierge hangs up. Yeah. And then he holds on and he hears another click and he like smiles. I'm like, oh, that's good. You know, he's like he's trying to scope things out. But See, they... and it's things like that when when you say like I have different expectations for a spy movie. For me, at least of mm-hmm. 
the vast majority of Bond movies, this is the one that feels most like a tried-and-true spy movie as compared to a Bond movie. And yeah. those two things are not necessarily the same. Sure, sure. But see, I felt like that came through more in the last one, like where he's he's kind of scoping out his, his room and like he's setting up traps, quote-unquote traps, to figure out if people are searching his room and like... The way he plays, like you're saying, a situation where he's he sits down, he's like playing solitaire while waiting for the guy to come in. Like yeah. there, there's a lot of stuff there that um, I I wanted more of that in this one. Where this one, it, it kind of feels maybe like he's doing a little less intelligent uh, decision making, and he's kind of just just rolling with it and and coming out on top. Um, that was that was for me my more more of my interpretation. Because that was the one, kind of the one moment where I was like, "Oh, that was really good. I, I hope we get more of that." And then I never really felt like we got more of that again outside of where, where he finally kind of turns the tables and you, unleashes the the suitcase, uh, the convenient suitcase. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I wish the suitcase was just like a recurring thing because it sets up the the thing that's not that's very annoying about Bond movies when you take them as a series where <coughs> each movie he gets a new set of gadgets that just happen to help that would that would only be helpful for that particular plot uh -huh. somehow uh, that's that's something we gotta keep an eye out for sure, um, especially sure. as they get more cartoony um, yeah I, I, I don't agree with you at all uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, even Tatiana I, I believe she's dubbed as well um hmm. like i said i think most of the bond girls in the early movies are dubbed um sure i think she's just like a, a fashion model she won some type type of like you know like like the miss universe you yeah know, one, of, one of those types of pageants and i think they just plucked her from that mr um, universe this is what she won <laughs> there you go isn't that what arnold schwarzenegger won yeah yeah, yeah that that was arnold that, uh, did you not did you, did you miss that? Her name is Daniela Bianchi, <laughs> and she's a beautiful woman, Tyler. I don't know. I, I feel like it would have been very easy to dismiss Tatiana as, like, a nothing, like a generic Bond girl character, where she's just kind sure. of helpless the whole movie. I think they do a good job giving her some character and some agency. Especially... <laughs> And this is one minor problem I have with the movie. I don't think they do a good enough job of hinting that she's... The whole... the whole For most of the movie, you're supposed to be like... So is she going to turn on Bond or what? Yes, that was very strange. And it's very quick that you're like, I don't think she's going to turn on Bond. She's... Because I kind of gave up on... Like, I was kind of very confused about, like, where... What she was supposed to be doing for the Russians. Quote, yeah. like, obviously, she's doing it for Cleb, but what she was thinking she was doing for the russians i was confused about yeah um and, and like what her motivation was through a lot of the movie and and that was blurry to me until kind of the end i was like okay i see i see what where where her headspace is at right now yeah but it's not th that's not weaved throughout the story yeah. as much as it should be maybe maybe if they had a couple of more meetings where she has to go and and see rosa club and maybe they have a yeah discussion a bit i don't know um yeah, that would have helped. Not not that big a problem for me though. Sure. Um, pro probably my biggest problem with the movie, and and to go along with your your problem with it being meandering and pacing, feeling uh -huh. off. The only time I felt that way was after Red Grant was killed, because we have like three yeah. consecutive sequences of them trying to escape. 
Um, cut the helicopter scene or cut the boat scene or just cut both of them, have them get away, and then cut to Rosa Club in the hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the boat scene is better than the helicopter scene, but the that's boat just me. It's, it's not bad, but it's like... Uh, I feel like Connery was just like... I need a boat scene so I can wear the captain's hat. <laughs> I like to imagine that was just right. that was Connery's one stipulation. Um, and and it is nice to see a movie that uh, doesn't use CGI because it literally has no choice because that technology doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Um, it, also, it's, it's nice not to see it's, that it's not one of those things where it's like I know he used like he didn't. If you use like a normal gun, you can't necessarily say that that would blow up the thing. You know, but it's like, yeah. oh, he used a flare gun. That yeah, yeah, would, yeah. like, it's, yeah. it's very realistic with how it's played of like, yeah, that would actually cause that yeah. to explode. Yeah, that was nice. It's, um, it's not just, hey, we need an explosion because this is an action movie, right? It's nice to see a lot of, you know, the practical effects and the, uh, the onset uh, shooting is something that I've been impressed with so far. Both of these movies is, is, you know, they go to places that look like the places they want them to look like. Yeah, practical uh, they don't, effects. They don't build build sets. Uh, I, li- they I don't, like that. They don't make them like they used to, Tyler. Sure. Apparently 3% of Infinity War did not feature special effects. <laughs> and that's why From Russia With Love is the worst movie of all time. Oh my god. <laughs> um... But yeah, that, that's that's my only real problem, like major problem with the movie. I have some some minor quibbles. Uh, overall, I think in pretty much every department, it's better than Doctor No. Okay, I genuinely believe the story is better. Sure. Fun fact: before we really get into it, um. So, so if you'll recall, the 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 beginning of Doctor No features Bond going in and he gets his gun replaced because uh, yes. M's like, oh, it got jammed and you were in the hospital for, from your last assignment. Mm-hmm. In the books, that is a reference to the previous book before Doctor No, which was From Russia with Love. The oh end of the From Russia with Love book is Rosa Klebs stabbing Bond with the poison-tipped shoe. And it's a cliffhanger as to whether or not he's going to die because ah. Fleming did not want to write the books anymore at that point. Uh-huh. And how many had already been written by that point? Like, which number is Russia with Love? From it's Russia like Love? five or six. That's so it's about, like, halfway through the series. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just funny how how, like... I guess they just picked and chose like based on locations or I don't know. Yeah. Uh it's just very interesting how how they picked the order in which it's, they made the movies compared to the books. It's very uh Well, the first thing I thought of was was Chronicles of Narnia. Um where they just skipped not, the first book. Well, I was going to say I guess that's not quite the same thing cuz what I'm thinking of with that that just pops something in my head, but what I'm thinking of with that is the fact that like I'm pretty sure those are those were like published in a weird order or something. But they also kind of didn't anyway. 50s and 60s people just you know didn't care about continuity. That's the that's the long and short of it. Unless oh, you were I'm I'm shocked that this movie brought Sylvia Trench back. <laughs> Unless you like... were 
And they mention Dr. No, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of a sequel to Dr. No. All right. People didn't care about continuity unless you were a J.R.R. Tolkien, unless, in which case you probably cared a little too much about continuity, and I loved you for it. Um. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Karen Bay is my be... favorite character ever. He's a fun guy. That's not. That's like, not true. He's he's one of my favorite characters. He's, he's my he's, favorite. He's my favorite side character who per, helps Bond. Perhaps he's the anti Kafka, is what you're saying. He's the anti Kafka. He would he would break. He would snap Kafka's neck. For you new new listeners, uh, Kafka being the the Doctor from Amazing Spider-Man Two, um, who who Alex has a a deep seizure, deep city seated words. Uh, it's a deep-seated um, hatred that gives me a seizure, ironically correct. enough. Yes. Uh, just uh, cannot put into words how much he hates that man. I recently wa- rewatched both Amazing Spider-Man movies. Why? My feelings on them have not changed one bit. <laughs> sure. I'm glad. <laughs> I don't hate the second one. It's, it's not that great, but I, the things I like, I still like a lot. It had potential. Better than Venom. Um, it's it's it better had than Venom. Potential. It's better than Venom. I'm sorry. That, I disagree I, it about is that. Better than Venom. <laughs> that would be a whole nother discussion. You are kidding yourself if no, you think no, it's better I, than I, I, Venom. I definitely or think that's reverse. that Venom is better than Amazing Spider-Man Two. I, I would. I would. Make are you argument. serious? Check You're my nuts. What, check my grades. You're I, nuts. I'm trying to be consistent. I don't, I don't remember what. No, I no, no. I, I'm pretty sure that's what, that's what you're saying, but you're 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 wrong. I think Amazing Spider-Man Two is just a mess. Not that Venom isn't, but like it's a mess with like five characters being juggled at the same time, where Venom's just one character. Yeah, it's a mess with things I liked. Venom, I didn't like anything. <laughs> well, that's 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 just like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Anyways, my argument about for Russia with Love would be that, uh, as far as the plot goes, I think the plot has more potential and is more interesting. Uh, I think this the plot of Doctor No is better executed. I, I think that the overall, you know, tightness of that story and the fact that it was, you know, I, I very much understood the goal and I understood what Bond was trying to get at and like where he was going and what he was doing. Um, I, I think my sense of where I was in the movie was was much better throughout Doctor No than uh, that's so strange. I, I like like I didn't feel that disconnect at all at all. And, and of course, I've seen the movie more than you are sure. than you have, so I'm more familiar with the plot. But but still, I, I never had that disconnect yeah. of wait, why are they doing things? Wait, what? Why why is the movie? It's not so up? much why are they doing things as like why aren't they get a move on? Yeah, basically. Um, and, and that uh, we should probably bring up the elephant in the room, which you mentioned before, which is mm-hmm. the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> yes. I don't know how you can say this movie is slow and meandering. No, that's and that that's exactly not. what I was saying earlier. That, that was my point, was that this is a spy movie. Um, this is a movie where... And they've set up this this fairly intricate series of parties where you've got one party and is playing the other two against each other. And you've got our, our characters representing each party and they're kind of in the center of all of this. Um and I didn't really feel like they were using that to great effect. I mean, something else I would point to would be like, to execute a story like this would be something like Aliens, a movie that I absolutely love, uh, where you've got these kind of different parties, they all want different things, there's there's betrayals, you don't know who's doing what, you know, and it's there's there's twists and turns. Um, and there's some of that in here, but I, I don't think that it's used to the, the fullest effect. 
Um, good, the bad, and the ugly. I I never expected it to be that way. I ex- I sort of was going into it just because of the tone of the movie and the uh, genre of the movie. I was a lot more open to a a big sweeping sometimes meandering sure but like i i was okay with the the pace being slower because i found the atmosphere coming through a lot better in that um whereas i feel like with spy movies the atmosphere comes better a lot more if i'm i'm feeling invested in the very intricate plot get the bad and the ugly i didn't feel like necessarily had or or needed to have a very specific tight narrative um it was it was a lot more kind of picaresque uh it was it was moving along and such a way that the characters were sort of shifting from place to place. They had an ultimate end goal, so I, I always knew the stakes and knew where we were going. But they were, you know, sort of going back and forth and 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 struggling in the way that one might struggle in the old west to to get from one place to another, uh, especially in the middle of the civil war. Whereas this movie, I I was for me the the atmosphere of spy movies comes through a lot more if you know I'm feeling that constant sort of. Uh, tension of not knowing who to trust i guess um i just i i think in on a plot and on a on a overall like what is happening in in the scenes of the movie i can see where the comparison would be made but i don't think they're very similar movies in terms of actually like enjoying them Uh, i i think you have to have two very different mindsets to approach those two movies would you say it's fair to say that you have very different expectations for for genres and you sort of bring that into it yeah Um, i mean it's it's a lot more to do with the fact that these movies are so old (laughs) yeah Um, well well, it's just funny because i don't well of course it's it's hard for me to like analyze myself with regards to this but i feel like i don't really like for different genres i i don't like have different expectations yeah. for them. I, mean, I feel I'm, like my my what what I'm looking for in a movie is pretty much uniform across all sure. the movies I like. My I'm thinking, not sure if that's true. You could probably poke a million <laughs> holes in that. Um, my thing is just specifically again that these are such old movies that I I feel like it can very much turn on a dime as to whether or not you're invested in them. Um, they're they're not built the same way that movies today are made and they don't have the same kind of characters or plots or you know they don't, they don't use the same tricks to try and keep you invested and interested uh by which i mean cgi <laughs> but also other things um it's a, it's a, it's a world away and so when i'm trying to watch an older movie i i have to be able to latch on to something i feel like um and it just helps me to understand and and set my expectations as far as like what i'm getting into um that being said, I've seen this movie twice now, I think. I mean, the first time I wasn't paying as much attention because this was like a couple years ago. You were rewatching them, and I just happened to be in the room. Um, but I was surprised that my expect or my, my opinion didn't really change in terms of how I felt about it. Uh, well, this time, actually kind of like focusing all my efforts on it. Um, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much that plays into it. Because I, I wouldn't say I do that a lot with modern movies, probably because modern movies aren't as genre oriented I, w- I would say at least in part there's there's something to be said there um, I think a lot of modern movies try to focus uh, on characters and plot rather than on fulfilling the genre which is a good thing um, and I'm sure there are exceptions but I'm just thinking about a lot of the kind of like I mean a lot of the movie the modern movies that we talk about on here are 
sort of sci-fi fantasy hodgepodges that don't really like you wouldn't look at that and be like ah sci-fi movie or ah fantasy movie like you know it's yeah i mean i guess superhero movie would be the biggest one but even then that that covers a pretty wide pretty wide swath of things so i don't know it's a fair point it could just be that i like westerns more than i like spy movies but i i don't i couldn't tell you exactly why that is if and also i really liked some of the mission impossible movies so i don't know Casino Royale is better than all of them. Anyways, sure. <laughs> You're talking about the the weird unofficial one, right? Yeah, the the weird unofficial one. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Anyways, oh sorry, sorry. I'm thinking of Quantum of Solace. That's uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's never talk about that movie again. Good. It'll bring nothing but pain. I agree. Um, I had a thought and then I completely forgot it. I talked for a while there. You did talk for a while there. It'll come back to me. Move on to something else. I got nothing. Oh, okay. Sound editing. That's something I want to bring up. Sure. And and just editing in general. Uh, That was one thing I pointed out. That might have been my worst thing in the last one. I can't recall. Um, Just a lot of weird sound editing throughout the movie particularly with the use of music because uh-huh. like the bond theme would just be intercut wherever yeah. they yeah. felt like um and this one felt a lot better because it just felt like they had more of a score the sure. only jarring part is that scene where he's searching his hotel room and the bond theme plays and it starts fluctuating in volume mm-hmm. and it's it, it's it's bizarre <laughs> it's bizarre I'm uh, very interested in continuing to to track this franchise up through the the 90s, um, mm-hmm. just because I want to know like how this franchise that's already kind of being made in a different way than a lot of movies, like back in the 60s. I want to see how it evolves in the face of like Jaws and Star Wars and like the the yeah. real the real big budget blockbuster movies. I wanna, oh, don't I worry, see... don't worry. Star Wars came out and they said, oh, you know what we'll do? We'll make a, a, a movie that's two-thirds of James Bond movie, and then they just go into space and shoot yeah. laser guns. I've, I've heard tale of this, uh, and I'm, I'm excited. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the thing I wanted to say. I, I, I brought it back. Mm-hmm. I think the reason they focus so much on particular moments like like the belly dancer sequence before yes. or in, in the gypsy camp and I, I do believe that this was kind of the philosophy of the filmmakers they were trying to make it for sort of and particularly like these movies are aimed mostly at American audiences yeah. um, of course they want to try and you know appeal to international audiences as well but it's primarily made for American audiences I would say um, the or two say, producers are American uh, um, American um, or uh UK audience. or British, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, First world Western countries. Yes, Th- most people in 1960s, at least in America, didn't do a whole lot of international traveling, uh-huh. so they don't know what the rest of the world actually kind of looks like and what it, you know, how it operates. So that's that's a lot of reasons why in these movies they pick out like pr- particularly th- weird cultural moments that happen and yeah. they focus on them. To try and, like, show people a world that they've never seen before. Sure. Um, 
So if and you that kind goes of back to if, if you could put your mind kind of in that place, I think some of the, the issues that you're having, at, at least it's a little more justified. Yeah, and and that goes back to what I was saying about the fact that they do shoot shoot a lot of like on set stuff, and it it, it does. Yeah. You get your money's worth in terms of the the globe trotting spy visuals. Um, yeah, which I do appreciate. Yeah, um, and I mean that that even comes up all the way through to Spectre, where the, you know it opens with the Day of the Dead ceremony in Mexico. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's that's a pretty consistent thing where they kind of just focus on these these cultural things that are happening in whatever locations they're in, and they uh-huh. try to incorporate that into the story if they can. Yeah, um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know. Um, but that's that's a pretty consistent through line. Sure. Um, and it just happened to work for me in this one. I don't know. Um, I feel like we've been kind of beating around the plot, but we actually, actually haven't talked about the plot. Sure. So the basic idea is that Spectre is trying to convince uh, the British intelligence that this this woman... Tatiana is trying to um, defect defect right. from from the Soviets in Turkey uh, because she fell in love with a photograph of James Bond, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Send him to me. I will get you this uh, decoder machine called the Lecter, and we will get away, and he will make love to me, and it'll be great." Mm-hmm. 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 In a boat uh, for the second in, in a boat in, in a boat. Oh my God, that's right. <laughs> um. And and they can also get revenge because they they figured that they'll send James Bond. I'm not quite sure how I feel about this early on in the series. All the bad guys knowing who James Bond is. <laughs> he doesn't really try to uh, try to hide it, does he? Well, the best part is later on in the series. It's like everybody knows who James Bond is. It's bizarre, right. and it's like. I feel like at this point you would just be working in the office because you're no longer useful as a spy. Right. But what um, if you have plot shielding? That didn't bother me as much in this one because it was very clear, oh, it's just Spectre that knows who he is. It's not the Russians. Yeah. And Spectre's still kind of an unforeseen criminal element. Right. But th- but that gets worse as the movies go on. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Um, I believe it. So basically, Bond gets sent to Turkey. He meets up with Karen Bay, and they try and see about grabbing the Lecter. And then, but, but uh, Spectre agent slash sociopath Red Grant gets involved and starts trying to to turn both sides against each other. Once again, because they're trying to be apolitical with how they're handling the movie, that's the main reason Spectre is introduced. Because in the book, it's just a revenge operation by the Russians to try and kill Bond. Okay. Um, and I think, for the most part, it actually kind of improves the story for me. It makes sure. it a bit more interesting by having, yeah. oh, we have that's a third saying. party that's playing both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually like that quite a bit. Fun fact... Uh, John F. Kennedy, named from Russia with Love, is like one of his favorite books. Huh. Um, I don't know if he did like an annual list or if it's kind of like like his favorites of all time, but it, it was on whatever list that was, huh. and that was kind of a big deal at the time. That's your fun fact for the day, kids. Woo! I'm giving you an education in Bond. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. 
I don't know. I really like the movie. <laughs> sure. Um, I don't think the Terrence Stamp is super competent at the action sequences. I I can't and, I and, and just overall the technical aspects of the movie. I think he's pretty good with keeping up with the story and with the actors, but in terms of the actual like like the special effects and all that stuff, I I, I think he he got better from Doctor No. I think this movie's yeah. more competently handled in terms of the action sequences, but I I have a hard time telling how much of that is sixties versus uh, yeah you know director competency which i mean well that's and that's not both i I guess the thing is that you you look at something like uh 2001 a space odyssey it's like even that like that one doesn't have i hate that movie it's it's like the most competently made movie ever made um but even but that that doesn't really showcase like fast action or like like, you know ground level man-to-man action and so it's I, i think it's hard to find a good a good comparison um, I don't know. It's interesting. Train fight's pretty good. Yeah, it's very yeah. quick. I like I it's like the way they dirty. Yep, yep. I like the way they change the. They have the lighting or the lights get shot out so that the the lighting's a little weird and makes it more. There's a bit of style to it. Yeah. I I I, I do enjoy the gypsy fight quite a bit. Um. Ultimately, it can kind of be cut from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like the more I'm thinking about, like they need Krolinko to attack them so they can get back at Krolinko, but and eh, that can yeah. kind of be cut too. Yeah. I do, I do get what you're saying, but I, I don't know that. I feel like all of that just helps to strengthen Red Grant and Spectre trying to turn both sides against each other. Yeah. Also, that effect of the bomb going off in Karen Bay's uh, uh-huh. uh, office is terrible because there's just like a blinking purple light. <laughs> like, the... explosions aren't purple unless it's like fireworks. Correct. It was a firework. That's. Oh, okay. But yeah. All right. Never mind. A plus. Correct. <laughs> but yeah, I. I'm I'm just not seeing your problems here. <laughs> at least not to the same degree. It didn't sure. bother me at all. Um, I think overall of the action sequences that I would most want to cut, I just I think the helicopter sequence is is mostly the one to go. Superfluous. Um, so in case you haven't seen the movie in a while, this is after. Bond kills Red Grant on the train. He takes a, uh, a, a knocked out Tatiana, and they're like, "Oh, we got to take his escape route." So they get into this flower truck and they start driving away. And then a Spectre helicopter starts chasing them in like, like open field. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bond grabs his sniper rifle and he's just kind of running away. They're trying to drop grenades on him, and he manages to shoot the guy with the grenade while he's holding it in the helicopter, and it blows up the helicopter. And it can just all be cut from the movie. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, it's just kind of dumb because the guy who's whole, like, I, I feel like the the logic of it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because there's just so many sequences of 
Bond yeah. rolls to the ground. The helicopter flies overhead. Right. They right. don't try and shoot him or drop grenades. They just circle around. Yeah. Um, and even like when Bond shoots the guy, it's like, wouldn't the guy have his hand like out outside the helicopter once he's pulled the grenade pin? So he would just drop it <laughs> outside? No. I don't know. It seemed a, seemed a, a little far-fetched to me, Tyler. I don't know sure. about you. <laughs> I like the folding sniper rifle gadget, though. It's cool Neat. gadgets. I, I love the, the, the suitcase that just has stuff in it. Yeah, the it's coin the thing little, is interesting. The I, hidden dagger. I and, like the way the coins are used. Yeah, but but they're like... It's very realistic gadgets that I could see working in most Bond movies. Sure. It's not yeah. just... Oh, hey, you've got a wrist gun that works when you put pressure on your wrist. Oh, hey, that'll come in handy when you're you're unarmed and the guy's like about to leave in a spaceship. It's... <laughs> ah... <laughs> Like, wait, wait, why don't you have one of those all the time? I, I, yeah! <laughs> uh, I, I feel like they should should have brought back the, the attache case as just like a standard Bond thing. Like, that's the standard gadget, and then you could just, like, throw some, some yeah. extra gadgets in there every once in a while. Right. And this is this is something fundamentally you kind of either love or hate is the focus on gadgets in these movies because it gets to a point where it's like what's the next gadgets? It's kind of like in, in, in some like Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the Thirteenth where it's like oh I'm only here to see the kills. What are the next kills like? Yeah. yeah. It gets to a point with Bond where it's like oh what's the next gadgets he's going to use? What, what's he going to use to get out of this situation? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I tend to like the Bond movies that are less about the set pieces like that. The set pieces, the specific moments. I, I tend to like the ones that are that are more like, no, story, right. character, cohesiveness. I know what's happening. Yeah. And it's, and it's very clear that they're not just like... Cause it, it also gets to a point where they're just... They've literally got... It's, it's like a Mad Libs mm-hmm. where it's just like, fill in noun... Uh, X villain sabotages satellite slash submarine, uh, holds world f- f- for ransom. Bond <laughs> must must sleep with beautiful girl Y, <laughs> and, and like you know what I mean. Like the beats are uh, get get so sure, identical sure. at at a certain point. When Roald Dahl was brought on to write "You Only Live Twice," they kind of handed him this formula, and they're like, "Just just stick with the template, buddy. It'll work." <laughs> Yeah, Roald Dahl wrote one of these. Weird. Uh Uh-huh. Fun fact. Okay. (laughs) Fun fact. We'll have to to bring that up again when we get back to it. Yeah. And the whole time you're watching You Only Live Twice, you'll be going, I just wish I was watching Willy Wonka. (laughs) Correct. Because that's what I'll be doing, because I don't like that movie that much. (laughs) Six foot whatever Sean Connery can, gets turned into a Japanese man. Can we do? Can we do Willy Wonka um, as as an honorary honorary part of this this series? Is that is that a thing? As long as we don't watch Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Correct. Yes. Tim Burton's hurt me enough. <laughs> Between Batman Returns and Planet of the Apes, he's hurt me plenty. <laughs> There was also that time that that he uh, 
that he 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 killed your dog and um swore revenge on your family revenge for what he killed my dog correct (laughs) (laughs) you were i don't know you were were pretty upset about it that's all i remember could be worse my nose could be gushing blood (laughs) (laughs) oh boy ladies and gentlemen batman returns sucks and you all know it (laughs) i stand by the stick thank you I'm glad we could agree on something this episode. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's funny because, like, I, I say, like, the Bond movies I prefer tend to not have, like, the big moments or the big set pieces, mm-hmm. like, the superficial elements. But, yeah, I remember a whole lot about this movie. Like, there are a lot of moments that come back to me. I know I sound kind of contradictory, but, like, the scene where they shoot Krilinku in, 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 like, when he's climbing out of the, the, the poster. Yeah. Um, or just the whole train sequence itself, um, or Rosa Klebb. Uh, I would say, yeah, or or Rosa Klebb trying to kill Bond with 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 the shoe blade at the end of the movie. Like I remember all of that. It's kind of funny when he takes the chair and he's just like yeah. trapping her with the chair. It's pretty yeah. good. It's pretty good. And she's just like, "I'm gonna kick you." <laughs> There's a sex tape made of Bond in this movie. (laughs) Correct. The end scene where he throws it into the water is just bizarre. Yes. So, so he, him and uh, Tatiana are on a boat in Venice, which is weird because that's where him and Vesper are in Casino Royale. But anyways, um, and they're on a boat in that too. Uh, But he's he's he starts pulling out the roll of film. And then he starts making out with Tatiana, and then he it's just a shot of his hand as he, like, winds up for a throw, and then he just tosses it, and then his hand waves at the thing. It's it's like the dolphin thing. It's bizarre! uh, You know the the Friday music video, uh, Rebecca Black? No, I don't. Blast from the past there. I have not seen that video. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I have yeah. not actually watched it. So, someone made a parody of it where they, they point out that one of the people, they're like waving their hands along. And it's, it looks like a dolphin. And that's kind of what I, what I thought of when he does. He, like the way he waves, he like wiggles yeah. his entire like elbow. It's very strange. It's like... What, what also literally. What was the direction to Connery? I like to imagine that's not even Connery's hand. <laughs> that's like the director. They were like, oh, hey... Are we implying that he saves the sex tape of himself? Uh, do we need to add in a scene showing that he threw that aw- threw that away? No, he saved the sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird. kind of funny that they use his his uh his sex drive against him. Sure. Once again, this this feels kind of like a, a Bond movie that would. It, it feels like it's after several adventures. It doesn't yes, feel like the second definitely. movie. Yeah. Between the bad guys know who he is and and the sex tape kind of using his 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 sex drive against him. Sure. Um, there are like a lot a lot of elements where it just feels like oh that's kind of early to be doing that, isn't yeah. it? It's like you, you you can you can establish the formula first. Then yeah, you know, a little weird. What did you think about the underwater, or not the underwater stuff, the sewer stuff, when they're they're in the old tunnels and they've had the periscope into the the Russian office? 
I was very curious about the logistics of that. I thought it was great. <laughs> I don't, what, what is that stuck into? Because it, it's it's rotating. Yeah. Is it just like behind the wall? Like, is it? How do they not notice? Like, what what is? It, I assume it's a end? very small hole, and it's just we don't actually see is how it, big it is. Is it a is it a dog? Is it like a stuffed dog that is sitting on the floor and it just <laughs> slides back and forth as they look around? The, the thing in the in the Wolf of Wall Street where where Leonardo DiCaprio surprises Margot Robbie with the bear and he's like, "Oh, look at Te- Mr. Teddy! Something's wrong with one of his eyes!" and it zooms in and there's a camera in the, the teddy bear's <laughs> eye. Basically, one of his eyes is a bit off, don't you think? kind of messed up it's kind of funny though I don't know I agree I feel like we've been meandering a bit <laughs> a little bit a little bit uh, I don't have a ton of thought I mean I'm not I, I, I it's, it's it's a fine a fine film I'm I'm mostly ambivalent towards it more than anything uh, I just I, I feel like I'm I'm not the the target audience due to due to the the time in which we are watching this versus the time in which it came out and the general lack of nostalgia I have for Bond or spy movies. Well, it's just um, weird because this watching was... Watching it ne- now, it's just sort of... <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just weird because this was never like a particular favorite of mine. I think I said in the last episode, Sean Connery's never really been my James Bond. Um, even like before Daniel Craig, Connery wasn't really my Bond. Um, I liked him, of course, but, you know... right. Uh, and it's really just slowly coming back to this one and, and just kind of looking at the whole series. Uh, I think this is actually Connery's favorite story. Hmm. I think he said that. And I should loan you the video game for this one. <laughs> sure. <laughs> they come up with the weirdest ways for action sequences to happen in that game. I like, it. like them going in the, in the catacombs to go to the periscope. Mm-hmm. They're just on a boat with a Gatling gun, and they're just fighting Russian soldiers to get <laughs> there. And it's like, so the Russians are down here pr- purposely protecting this periscope that spies on the the guys in charge. They're actually like, just like uh, tourists, uh, and Bond is going crazy with bloodlust. <laughs> and imagine them as Russians. That's that's what's happening yeah, there, right? Yeah, sure. I just forgot. I didn't talk about my other connection with people dying. Yes, yes. I was waiting um, for that. Pedro Armendariz, I probably butchered that. Uh, Karen Bay. Mm-hmm. Like, immediately after they finished this, he went home and, like, he died very shortly afterwards. Huh. Yeah. Which is sad because he's amazing in this movie. And sure. If there's one character I wish had like a recurring role in Bond movies other than Bond, M, and Money, Penny, and Q, it would be, sure. it would be Karen Bay. Sure. Why not? I want a Karen Bay spinoff movie. I want Karen Bay a James Bond story. <laughs> Give it to me. Only after we get Coral a James Bond story. Have them both together in a buddy cop movie. Let's do it. Let's let's have a cinematic universe that doesn't include Bond. It's just all of the supporting characters because yeah. you know Sony. That makes sense to me. Except it would actually be pretty good. You got Felix Leiter. You got Quirrell. You got oh, Mathis. No, no, no. It, 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 you got you're, Mathis. You're conflating good ideas. You got with Karen Bay. 
You're completing good ideas with would be pretty good. That's I think. So uh, that's yeah. <laughs> we make crap. <laughs> Accurate. I don't know. Other comments? Uh, this is Desmond Llewellyn's first go-around as Q. Um, he doesn't really get a whole lot to do other than walk in and give some exposition. Yeah. And that's because they really didn't flesh out the relationship between him and Bond until the next movie. Mm-hmm. The next movie, they have the scene where they go down to, like, the Q lab. Right. And the, he gets introduced to, like, the Aston Martin and stuff. And I believe the director of that gave Desmond Llewellyn, like, direction. Because he's like, how do I play this other than like i feel like it's just going to be boring he's like no no no. you hate bond he always wrecks your toys and that's that's like how he plays it for the rest of the series it's great that's fun i look forward to it except you don't like goldfinger except it's in part of goldfinger (laughs) is goldfinger the one where he he sexually pressures a lesbian Yes, uh, in a barn is that is am I am, is all suggested lesbian in the book? Oh. She's an actual lesbian. I see. Oh, speaking of lesbians, <laughs> sure, sure, as one does. Rosa Klebb is supposed to be like a full-on lesbian in the books, and she's supposed to be like very sexually uh, aggressive towards Tatiana and the movie just kind of hints at that and I think that's a wise decision to not push forward yeah Ian Fleming has a has a like I said he's not very kind towards a lot of minorities in his books and it's the same thing with uh his treatments of of uh homosexuals as well Mm -hmm. he's Ian Fleming had some deep-rooted issues In terms of people that were different from him. I think that's called being born in the 30s. That's fair. (laughs) And he was born earlier than that. He was... uh, Was he really? Because he he fought in World War II. This explains even more. Really. I can't remember. Is he related to Christopher Lee or is is Christopher Lee related to J.R.R. Tolkien? Like, or are they all related? There's a connection between Christopher Lee and these two men. At some point, and I don't remember. I want to say it's it, it is him and Lee and Fleming. Uh, Christopher Lee would have made a good Bond, and of course he does end up playing a Bond villain, and he's one of the best Bond villains of the series in one of the weakest movies. Christopher Lee and Ian Fleming were step cousins, apparently. Okay, that's what I'm seeing. Once again, Christopher Lee is like the coolest man ever. Yeah, I believe I believe Christopher Lee and and Tolkien or just like met Tolkien at one point. He was obviously obsessed with playing a uh, Gandalf. Uh, very much wanted to to do that and ended up. Well, he may be finding a better role for him in uh, in in Saruman. Uh, yeah, being being excellent at that. So, um, much 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 as I love him and much as I I wish he'd been able to get his dream role, I think I think Ian McKellen is probably a little right more right for the part. So. Anyway, yes, Christopher Lee was related to, to Ian Fleming. That's that's long. long that's short long. Of it. Yeah. All right, and that's all my thoughts. Pretty on good. Russia with love. <laughs> <laughs> um, one last thing I'd like to note, and I, I feel like I should have brought this back up when I was talking about Terrence Young's competency in terms of action sequences and some of the mm-hmm. technical stuff. Mm-hmm. There's still a couple moments of sped up footage that annoy me. I did me. notice that. 
particularly when uh, Grant goes to strangle fake Bond at the beginning of of the movie in in the maze. Mm-hmm. It's just like, can you, could you not just shoot that again? <laughs> I love the fight. I love the, two the, gypsies. the Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, um, I I love the the razor wire that mm-hmm. comes out of the the uh, watch. That's a nice gadget that they don't linger too much on. Uh, Fun fact. And then he ends up killing Grant with it, right? It's good. Does he end up killing him with that? I believe so. Okay. That's that's what I thought. I I can't quite remember. Um, Fun fact. Grant in the book doesn't talk a whole lot either. And he kind of has like... It's almost like a werewolf-esque bloodlust, where huh. it's like whenever there's a full moon, he has a thirst for for killing. Uh-huh. It's very bizarre, but like all those lines at the beginning where they're like, "Oh, he's crazy. He loves killing people," and then for the rest of the movie, it's like <laughs> he's just kind of a terrible person, but he's not like crazy. He, he plays a posh British man for like <laughs> a good, yeah. a good and, ten minutes. And then he's like, now I'm going to kill you. Like, the way he talks at the end is almost like one professional killer talking to another yeah. professional killer. Yeah. It's not so much, I love this and now I'm going to murder you. Like, Right. Yes. I don't know. Weird. The books are bizarre. They're good, but they're bizarre. Sure. And they're of their time. Sure. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> but yeah, I wish... They brought back the maze in some some form or fashion, and I wish they brought back Spectre Island. Mm-hmm. And if I if you gave me the, the the that pen to write the Spectre script, you better believe I'd include those in there somewhere. Sure. Oh, another fun fact. I'm I'm just full of the fun facts today. Correct. Do you know that bit where Rosa Klebb and and some of the other Spectre guys they're walking through like the firing range? Uh huh. Um, and that's kind of a fun sequence because you kind of see how it escalates, and then a guy's just got like a flamethrower. Yeah, that's a neat, <laughs> um, neat bit. Like they're having their little conversation, or whatever. Then it cuts to a wide shot that's supposed to transition out of the scene, but it's just them at the beginning of the walkway as they're starting to walk through that huh. area again. <laughs> And once again, it's one of those cases where these movies weren't meant for home consumption. It was right. they expected audiences to see them once, maybe twice in the theater, and that was it. Right. So, once again, it's hard to be too critical when it comes to stuff like that, or even the sped up footage to a certain degree. I'm still going to count it against the movie, but... Things like that don't bother me quite as much as they sure. do, like, modern movies. Sure. So, there you go. Indeed. All right, let's go ahead and do grades. You you go ahead, sir. C+. Plus. <laughs> I told you I liked it less than Dr. No. And that is... I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go B+. Plus. Okay. Because when I'm ranking this, for me, it's kind of this and Skyfall are kind of neck and neck. Um, and Skyfall, I gave a B plus, so um, I think it says something that the highest rated movie I have for Bond is Casino Royale with an A minus. Yeah, that's the best it gets. <laughs> like, there's not an A or A plus range movie for not me. Like, I love Casino Royale, but 
there's a certain threshold for Bond. Sure. <laughs> sure. That's all I'm saying. If they fix the poker scenes in, in Casino Royale, maybe. <laughs> so that they're not quite so ham-fisted for a dumb audience. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, As a dumb audience, I, I quite appreciated it, actually. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do think this is one of the best Bond movies, and it'll be interesting moving forward if you think the same. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for better or for worse, I'm probably on for a worse. Downward trend. I'll be yes. curious to see how that goes. I don't see how it can come back up. <laughs> <laughs> like, like knowing your dislike for th- for uh, Goldfinger, and I don't think like the only one that I think would stand a chance of in terms of Connery movies is, and it's not even the Connery movie. It's Honor Majesty's Secret Service, and you've already seen that, and you're not a fan of that either. Sure. I do think that will be... I don't know. I, I, I've I seen... you. Sh- I forget which ones like I have actually sat down and watched with you and which ones um, I've just sort of been in the room for. Uh, yeah. And I don't think any... I've seen any beyond the Sean Connery slash Honor Massachusetts. I did not show service. you... I did not show you any Roger Moore, so, Timothy yeah. Dalton, or Pierce Brosnan movies. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I wanted to, but we never got around to it. Be interesting movie forward. Bond is is fascinating. I it just so quickly became a cultural milestone, and it just never got forgotten. Right. It was just kind of a normal thing of like, oh, it's just expected. Here's another Bond movie. Expected. Oh my gorn. Um. And somehow it just manages to keep surviving, even even when yep. so many of the movies are not the best Successful. <laughs> well it, it's because the expectations for bond movies overall are, are not as as um high I, as something like you know star wars right. um because it is really mostly just the set pieces because because very early on they sucked a lot of the character out of bond and he's just kind of generic hero man who just happens to be played by a good actor yeah you know and they're just like set pieces, beautiful girls, dastardly villains that you'll remember, and over the top plots. Like, sure, they fi- they figured out their formula pretty quickly. Um, kind of, kind of an exaggerated version of the formula in the novels, and they kind of just stuck with that. Yeah, very, very interesting. Um, I think Plinkett has the joke where he talks about like I think he's talking about Indiana Jones. And he's like each movie is like the same exact plot. He's like, the James Bond series has gone away with this over 20 times. <laughs> I'm like, he's not wrong. <laughs> you know? And that's there's definitely something to be said there in terms of expectations and the fact that there have been so many movies. That's kind of like, yeah, you reach a point where it's like, eh, it doesn't need to be that good. It's a Bond yeah, cause, movie. Because people will just come to it, you know? The, the quality control is not uh, expected. <laughs> Well, especially because it's it's very clear early on that they never have, like, a long-term plan. Right. Like, at first it's just, okay, we're just going to pick books that'll work for us, and we're just going to kind of adapt them, you know, sometimes very thoroughly, sometimes very loosely. And then once you get beyond where they they care about the plots of the books, it's just like, what's the hot thing right now? Star Wars, right? Let's sure. do that. 
Like like they're con- like like Roger Moore's first movie. What's the hot new thing? Black exploitation movies. Well, we've got a Bond book where he interacts with a bunch of black people. <laughs> oh, hey, it's kind of racist. Let's just chop a lot of it out. <laughs> and then Amazing. Moonraker is nothing like the book at all. Mm-hmm. Like it's got a couple of the names. It's nothing like the book. Um, and they, I think that's actually one of the better books. So I'm kind of frustrated about that. Um, but yeah, they, and then they just kind of run out of of at least the names of the books, and they're right. just like, let's just make stuff up. Sure, sure. <laughs> Seems good to me. I don't know. They never have a clear plan, and it constantly feels like they're be, they're reaction being reactionary to something. Um, and then you get into Modern Bond, where every Daniel Craig movie, they're like. Uh, who's got a plot? Who's got a plot? Who's got a plot? Those the uh, the Purvis and Wade guys who write all the terrible Bond scripts will get them on. Oh crap! We've got to start filming in a month. Let's get someone to rewrite it. Oh hey, the writer strike. I guess Daniel Craig and the director are going to be writing it on set <laughs> right before the scene gets shot. You're talking about Spectre, right? <laughs> Why not just have like a writer's room? Like like get a, together like a whole bunch of writers and have them compete. Just be like whoever has the best Bond script, we will take that script. They've well, got the money to throw around for it. Or just tell Nolan to adapt a trilogy. Or just tell Nolan to to adapt the books. Yeah. Set it in the 60s or the 50s cuz that's when the books take place. Adapt the books, um change them where you need to, live and let die. Um <laughs> But but like can we try and capture more of the heart and spirit of Bond and Ian Fleming? Just a bit? No. The teensy, teensy, winty bit? You know? Incorrect. Incorrect. I feel like that's gonna... I, I really feel like that's coming. I, I know that, that the, the Nolan Bond has been rumored forever, and obviously they, they've got someone else for Bond 25, but, like, I, uh... I, I, I feel like Bond... Bond is like... public domain in certain areas of the world. Sure. I think... I, I think in Canada it's public domain. I want Canada to make a bunch of Bond movies. <laughs> I, Bond is a character I think should go to public domain. Sure. Um, really, I think the only two things that I would require in terms of like every Bond movie needs that gun barrel opening and the theme. Like that's all we need. Sure. Well, we didn't talk about I... the From Russia with Love theme, by the way. We should touch on that real quick, even though we've already done greats. But I think yeah. I think we should touch on it. Uh, I was gonna yeah. I was just gonna say that I feel like Nolan he's he's done he he finished off Dark Knight Rises. He did Interstellar. He did Dunkirk. He's he's got something else in the pipeline, doesn't he? Um, yeah, he's working on a, another movie. He has, um, they haven't said what it is, but he's working on another. Yeah, movie. I, I feel like he's biding his time. I feel like he's like, all right, uh, I did my thing with Batman. It was pretty good. Uh, I wanted to and I bond. helped in, and I helped inspire much of Daniel Craig's tenure as Bond. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so he's. I, I feel like he's like, I want to do Bond, but they're not letting me do Bond because they're dumb. I'm just gonna keep doing these cool little things off to you know a little war movie. I like I like me some British war movies. I'm gonna do do a little British war movie. It's gonna be pretty cool. Gonna do my IMAX stuff because I like IMAX and. Uh, then he's going to move on to whatever he's going to... It's going to be some other similar thing. I don't think it's going to be a big budget thing. And then, then he's going to be... All right. Uh, hey, hey, Nolan, how would you feel about doing uh, doing Bond? He's going to be like... And he's just going to burst into song. <laughs> just like pitch his entire Bond Bond plan. He's going to have note cards. He's going to have, have presentations. He's going to have, have sheets of paper with, with intricate plots mapped out. 
He's going to come uh, driving into the meeting with an Aston yes, Martin. Yes, correct. And I mean into the meeting. He's going to have Paul McCartney there singing <laughs> Live and Let Die while he presents his pitch. Correct. And then he's going to be like, all right, not good enough for you. Adele, can you come out here, please? <laughs> it's going to be a duet. His first Bond movie is going to, is going to, the song's going to be a duet between Paul McCartney and Adele. D- tell me that's a bad thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not. And then, and then he's like, yeah, um, uh, David Goyer said, hey, maybe Jack White and Alicia Keys might be good to help you. And I said, <laughs> David Goyer, no. why do I work with you? <laughs> Didn't I tell you not to have Superman snap Zod's neck? <laughs> Lordy. All right, the the From Russia With Love theme, I I did not really uh, even register it. It was well, there. Well, the, the thing is, the actual song From Russia With Love, with, like the lyrics and everything, does not play in the opening titles. It plays briefly in the scene with Bond and Sylvia Trench as, you know, the, the, the couple... Um, sort of floats by on their boat you hear it on the radio right. and then it plays at the very end like the final scene where Bond throws the sex tape into the water sure. um it's fine like uh, like like you said it, it, not much impact I really like the 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 From Russia With Love like title march mm-hmm. um and I really like the opening titles where it's They're just interesting. They, they have like the belly dancer and they, they have like the, the the titles flashing all over her body and it's, yeah, they're like projections. Uh, it's just it's, like it's a weird. really interesting image. Yeah, it's stylistic. Yeah, it's neat. A uh, little, little bit, a uh, little bit much. Uh, <laughs> that, but that that's that's the Bond title sequences in a nutshell. Yeah. A little bit much. <laughs> Lordy, a little bit much. The James Bond story. <laughs> Tyler, we're going to write a Bond movie and we're going to call it a little bit much. <laughs> also, it was, it, it's funny. Didn't you bring up MacGuffins in, in, during our Dollars trilogy discussion? Is the, the, the Lecter decoding machine the first MacGuffin? Surely not, but... Well, I they think liter- that's the- they literally never say what it does, other than like it decodes messages. Like it's it's such a non like important element. It's just the thing we have to get. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, and that's kind of what I was. Not talking that that's about, a good thing or a bad thing. It's just sure. there. There are plot elements that uh, exist that are not necessarily. Um. You, you know, like in in older or. In older movies, there are plot elements that are not necessarily, uh, you know, what we would call a MacGuffin today. But there's definitely the the elements of that, and I definitely think that that is one of them. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. All right, where were you the, going? Uh, it looked like you were you were getting very excited. Where the our first our first Bond movie? It's going to be called uh, for for a few pences more. Is is where that's that's. Maybe Sterling's. I, w- I was trying to find what the best uh, British banknote would be. You know, um, at some point, I'm going to leave a, a, a spider, a tarantula near you, and it's going to crawl uh-huh. up your arm, and you're going to be like, it's going to kill me! And then you're going to whack it to the beat of the score, and it's going to be it's going to be bizarre. And the spider's just going to be laying there dead on the ground. That you hit it over and over again with your pistol, and it's just it's just all bizarre. That was the last night. 
Oh, no, I should talk <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. We have almost talked for an hour and a half. I looked and up at most like, of that was not about from Russia with love. I looked up at like 45 minutes and I was like, huh, I guess we're we're about to wrap up up here. We're kind of slowing down. You can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCTSequels. You can find us uh, through through email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. You can also search iTunes and uh, YouTube if you just search Here Come the Sequels. We, we will be there like a good neighbor. Who are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm J.K. Simmons. Can you explain Justice League to me? What was that like? What was that like? Crap. Crap. Double crap. <laughs> I'll give you 300 for all of them. <laughs> Lordy. All right. All right, everybody. We're Thanks for listening. Next week. Finger. Oh, my God. Next week. Next week, instead of me doing some stupid phrase starting with I'm at the beginning, Tyler's just going to sing all of Goldfinger. That's accurate. <laughs> Artist objective. Nothing is real. Good night and good luck. <laughs>